welcome to the Fairview Alliance Church Podcast. We're so glad to have you here today. Our prayer is that through this message, you'd be encouraged, uplifted, and discover more about a God who loves you deeply and faithfully. If you're interested in finding out more about our community, visit our website, fairviewalliancechurch.com, or visit our Facebook page, Fairview Alliance Church. We'd like to take a moment just to thank you, the listeners, for sharing and subscribing to our podcast. Without you, it wouldn't be possible. Now, prepare your hearts as we tune into this week's new message with our lead pastor, Mario Catalan. Oh, this morning I'm very, very excited. I have to say, uh, when Easter time or Resurrection Day comes, I get thrilled. I am always in awe when we are together in God's presence. But there is something special when we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. For me, it's the peak of the year. It's the moment where I rejoice in the presence of God. And it's been an amazing week where I've been spending more time in considering the greatness of God's love. Just considering the fact that God is giving us hope. Hope that goes beyond the grave. When we pray and we think that Jesus is risen, we have hope. And today we celebrate the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I pray that as we read these scriptures, and and this is the theme of my sermon this morning, the power of his resurrection. And we will be reading in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, from verse 1 to 8. We will skip three verses, and we go back to verse 12 to 19. Paul is giving an amazing teaching here, and chapter 15 is considered the chapter of the resurrection. Because he speaks, uh, yes, about the importance of the resurrection of Jesus Christ in relationship also to those who died. Who those who already are in the presence of the Lord. And my thought this morning goes to some of us that lost their ones this year on the year before. Do not stay in a condition of permanent grieving and mourning. Because we have hope in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. One day we will see again those who could die in Christ. And this is our hope. Paul says we are no mourning or we are not desperate as those who have no hope. We have hope because of Jesus. We have hope because Jesus Christ resurrected. And this is what Paul says. So I will be reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 15 from verse 1. And may the Lord add his blessing to his word. Now I would remind you brothers of the gospel I preached to you which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you all fast to the word I preached in port, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as a first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to save us, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one ultimately born, he appeared also to me. 
Now let's skip a few verses and we go in verse 12. Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ whom he did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. I don't know what was your reaction as we are reading and you heard maybe these words. When you think about the resurrection, what comes to your mind? Is something that happened just 2,000 years ago, if happened, as most skeptical says, or is something that it can have an effect today in your life, in my life? This is the challenge that comes from the Word of God this morning. And many times, even among Christians, sometimes we speak so few times about the resurrection. I find many times that we speak about the resurrection of an athlete or a politician that maybe was uh, not elected and then came to resurrect it again with a, a brilliant career. But what about Jesus? What about the Son of God? What about the one that, who came to save us from our sins and our transgression? I pray God this morning because Christianity stands or falls with the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is the message that we get from the text of this day. If we are not believing that Jesus Christ was resurrected with his body, we are believing in vain. Not only that, Paul says very clearly that we will misrepresenting God. So we'll give a false notion of God. We will give a, a false concept of his grace and love. Instead, because of the resurrection, because Jesus was raised from the death, we know, we know that we are talking about this good news. And the good news of the gospel stands again on the fact that Jesus defeated death. That Jesus won the victory over death. That in the moment when he said it is finished, truly Jesus finished his work. What we celebrate today is the finished work of Jesus Christ on Calvary. And praise the name of God for this. Without the resurrection of Christ, the crucifixion will be of no value for us. Can you imagine if Jesus was just dying on the cross and that's it? And not offering us the resurrection? There will be no value. But the fact that Jesus resurrected after being crucified is granting us salvation. It's granting us the hope that goes beyond the grave. One day, uh, maybe if the Lord comes back soon, uh, we will not go through that. But if we should die before he comes back, 
Then something miraculous will happen with the trumpet of God, with a powerful voice of God. The death in Christ will resurrect it again. And this is our hope, my brothers and sisters. This is our joy. This is our grace that we have in Christ Jesus. And you know, um, I don't want to go in the historical proofs of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I just want to give you a summary of what happened the day, uh, the Sunday of the, um, the resurrection. Everything started, you can find this in Matthew chapter 28 from verse 1 to 10 and Luke verse 24 in chapter 24, sorry, and then in John chapter 20, you will find the, the account of the resurrection. But everything started with a group of women going to bring the spice for the body of Jesus Christ. And then they go there and they see that there is another body. And they run away and call the apostles. And John and Peter are the first one to reach the place of the tomb. And they find that the the tomb is empty. And they go and advise the other disciples why Mary Magdalene is still there weeping, thinking that somebody stole the body of Jesus Christ. She had this marvelous encounter with Jesus Christ. The words of Jesus were saying to her and then after to the disciples, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. The one that you search is risen. Praise the name of God for that message. Later on, Jesus appeared to the disciples of the, on the road of the mouse. They were going disappointed for what happened. They put so much hope in Jesus. But now those hopes, those dreams were scattered. There was no possibility to see the Messiah, Jesus, ruling over the nation of Israel. And Jesus walked with them in their disappointments. And they shared their disappointments with Jesus himself. They didn't recognize him. And they say, you only among the strangers that are the foreigners that are in Jerusalem, didn't know about the prophet Jesus that came to teach us and, and to explain the kingdom of God? And Jesus started to explain through the scriptures what happened. And then Jesus as he broke the bread, triggered something in their heart. They recognized that the stranger was Jesus. And they go and advise the disciples again. And then later, Jesus appeared to the eleven. They were in the upper room. And later on, again, Paul is teaching us that he appeared in one time to 500 people. 500 people saw Jesus Christ resurrected. Can you imagine? No one. Some people, they say it was an hallucination. How can be this? People were alive while Paul was writing this epistle. Some of them were dead. We read. But some of them, the majority, were alive. So if Paul was saying something wrong, those people would say to Paul, you are lying. But those people were witness, eyewitnesses of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And later, Jesus appeared also to James. Most probably was his brother, James. And I'm sure that he, he dealt with him also. There's a psalm that prophesies that even among his family, he was rejected. So we see that the historical presence of the body of Jesus Christ resurrected from that was there. It's a fact that even the most skeptical, they cannot deny the fact that the resurrection happened. I know it blows our minds, but this happened. 
And today we are here to consider the power of the resurrection in our lives. And I want to show you something very important. The resurrection is the completion of a redemption. As I mentioned before, cannot be full redemption in our lives without the power of the resurrection. The resurrection provided that Christ was the instrument that God used to save us. It was the Lamb of God that was giving as a sacrifice, a perfect sacrifice for our sins. And uh, last Friday, we spoke about how Jesus died on the cross. But again, if Jesus Christ was just dying and not resurrecting, again, our redemption wouldn't be complete at all. The Bible declares very clear that Jesus came to die and to be resurrected. You see, Jesus proved his deity not by dying on the cross, but by fulfilling the mission of the Father. He said, I came to fulfill and to do the work of the Father. And that sacrifice was even pre-ordered even before the foundation of uh, the world. Before creation happened, Jesus knew that he was dying on the, he will die on the cross. Jesus knew also that he will be resurrected. The scriptures declares in Romans chapter 1 verse 3 to 4. Concerning his son who was descended from David according to the flesh. And was declared to be the son of, of God in power according to the spirit of holiness. By his resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ our Lord. So the resurrection proved to the disciples and to all of us today, that Jesus Christ is truly the Messiah, the Son of God. No one came back from the grave. You know, when we see people in the Bible being resurrected, like Lazarus, the friend of Jesus, Lazarus died again. Lazarus died again. But Jesus didn't die again. Is the first fruit. Of what will happen with us when we'll be resurrected. As death came in the world through our ancestors Adam and Eve. Jesus came to redeem us from the power of death. To deliver us from fear of death. This is what Hebrews says. Again the early church certainly understood this truth. They understood that the power of the resurrection gave validation to the message of the gospel. And again, in Acts chapter 2, verse 23 and 24, in the first sermon that Peter preached, he mentioned these words. This Jesus delivered up according to the divine plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. Listen now. God raised him up, losing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. Death surrendered at the moment that Jesus gave his life on the cross and pronounced the word, it is finished. Death could not and couldn't hold the body of Jesus Christ. This is the truth that we have from the word of God. And I pray this morning that we can understand that our faith is complete in Jesus because of the resurrection. We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. As God, Christ could not have remained dead. As a Savior, Christ had to come up from the grave so he can be 
lifted up to the heaven where he came down. And being at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. So if the resurrection of Jesus Christ inspired so much the first believers, the early church, the disciples, how much more today the same resurrection should inspire our message when we share Christ Jesus. We should talk about the resurrection. We should say to people that we believe in a risen Lord. We are not worshiping a dead Savior. You know, some people maybe are here for the first time, and I'm glad that you choose to be here today. And maybe they are wondering why there is no Jesus on the cross. Why we don't have an image of Jesus crucified? Because this will be a misrepresentation of who Jesus is today. It's not on the cross. It's at the right hand of the Father. And he's interceding for you and me. That the grave couldn't take over the life of Jesus Christ. It's important that we speak about resurrection. You know, if you look at the book of Acts, where the early church history is recorded, more or less there are 19 sermons of speech that the apostles addresses in the book of Acts. And it's amazing. It was interesting. I went through many of them. And I noticed some interest thing. The common denominator of those sermons is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So the truth was so clear for the first believers. We cannot preach a good news without a resurrection. We cannot say that the gospel is a good news for people if we remove the resurrection. And I say that because the resurrection challenges our faith. You know, we want to sometimes make a, a, a present a gospel that is a reasonable. So we tend to remove the resurrection from the picture because no one sees a dead body coming alive again. But reality, the resurrection challenges our faith in a good way because it's giving us the assurance that Jesus Christ is the first fruit of that will happen one day when all the believers in him, all those who entrusted him with their lives will be resurrected again. The second thing, the resurrection of Christ is the core truth of the gospel. Why I'm saying that? Because Christ had to die to pay the wage of sin. The Bible is very clear that we all came short of the glory of God. No one was righteous enough to stand before a holy God. So there was a need to pay the wage of sin. And the Bible says that wage of sin is death. But if this Bible was stopping just there, there will be no hope for us. But he continued a verse and say that the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. In 1 Corinthians, we read, For I delivered to you as a first importance that Jesus Christ came to pay the price according to the scriptures. So the scriptures, we're talking about the Messiah. We're talking about the perfect Lamb of God that was sent into forgiveness of our sins. I love what uh, the theologian Wayne Grudem in his book, Systematic Theology, says. By raising Christ from the dead, God the Father was in effect saying that he approved of Christ's work of suffering and dying for our sins. 
that his work was completed and that Christ no longer had any need to remain dead. There was no penalty left to pay for sin. No more wrath of God to bear. No more guilty of liability of to punishment. All had been completely paid for and no guilt remained. Hallelujah. Praise God for this. So Jesus paid the price. And the resurrection of Jesus was transforming the humiliation of the cross to the exaltation of the right hand of Christ, of the Father. And this is amazing. The one that men crucified, God exalted. Not long ago, the tomb or the grave of Caiaphas, the high priest that was one of the main actors in the court case of Jesus, was found in Jerusalem. But Jesus is still alive. They know where the tomb of Jesus was, but it was an empty tomb. Praise the name of the Lord. Jesus' resurrection didn't make him God's son, but invested him with the authority to go at the right hand. And the authority today, my beloved in Christ, is given to us. When Jesus appeared on the mountain of Galilee and he met his own disciples, he gave all authority to them. Today, we are standing on the ground of the authority of Jesus Christ. The one that men crucified, God made both the Lord and Christ. The Savior and the Lord of our lives. The Master of our lives. And He's giving us authority. Authority to do His work. Praise the name of God. He rules over the world. You know when we say that Satan rules over the world? That's a lie. It's no biblical the devil is the prince of this world, but he's not the ruler of the world. Jesus is on the throne. He's still in control. He's still in control. And he has given to us the authority to do his work, to do whatever he calls us to do. In his name, you will hand some people the sick and they will be healed. In his name, you will deliver people from demon possessions. In his name, you will bring deliverance to those who are oppressed emotionally. To those who are depressed. To those who are hopeless. To those who are desperate. You need to remember that Jesus Christ is the one that came to win. That came to offer redemption. He came to give us hope. His resurrection is the ground for our justification before God. We cannot stand alone in the presence of the holy God. But because of Jesus resurrected, uh, is at the right hand of the Father. And the Father look at him. He sees you. He sees you. He sees me. Through the presence and the person of Jesus Christ. We are justified by him. He is covering us by his righteousness. We are declared justified. There is no any money needed to pay for our salvation. People, they will pay a lot of money to receive grace. But grace is given freely for us. Of course, it was no cheap. It cost the life of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. But it's given freely to you and me today. And if you are still separated from God, if you don't know and don't have a, a yet a relationship, personal relationship with God, Today, know that the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross and his resurrection 
is granting you the possibility to receive, to receive peace with him. Through justification, all believers have peace with God. Through justification, all believers in Christ have access to God. Through justification, all believers are standing in the presence of God without being rejected. And you and I this morning, as we celebrate the resurrection, we can celebrate that we are reconciled again with God. We are justified and we enjoy the peace with Him. Praise God with this. And then the resurrection is the cause of hope for every Christian. Because of the resurrected Christ, we can be delivered from doubt, guilt, and shame, as I mentioned before. The women and the disciples came into the grave with a lot of uh, feelings that were not maybe the best. They came with guilt because they betrayed their master. They came with the fear that the soldier would stop them at the grave because the tomb was uh, guarded by different soldiers. They came with the fear of uh, disappointment because they invested so much in that Christ, in Jesus' life. They left everything, business. They left the family to follow Jesus. And then all this disappeared. I can imagine they were there with uh, and every burden in their heart. But all this was completely moved off at the moment that they noticed their grave was empty. Today, I don't know you. You don't know me. I know I'm Mario Catalano, the pastor of this church. But you don't know what is going on in my heart. And I don't know what is going in your heart. But there is a risen Christ that knows whatever you are feeling this morning. I don't know the way that you came here, whatever, every burden you have in your heart. Maybe you are a believer that went back and denied Jesus. You maybe have been disappointed with God because he didn't do whatever you asked. Maybe you are one that fear of the comments of other people in your family. Oh, what are you going to do with this faith? What are you going to do with this Christ? We don't need Christ. We have another belief. We have something else. But you are here today. Like those women and disciples that went to the grave. You can find hope in Jesus today. You can find redemption. You can find restoration. You can find peace in your heart. Because the message is the same. The same reason Jesus is here today. To give you hope. Because I love what happened when Jesus showed up. All those feelings. All those fears. All those doubts. All those disappointments. Were changing in unbearable joy. Almost one year before this. Jesus started to talk to the disciples. And to teach them that it was necessary for him to die. To go under the accusation of the Pharisees, the priests, and the scribes. But then, on the third day, it will resurrect it again. From the moment on, when Jesus Christ appeared to the women and the disciples, they knew that whatever he had promised before will become true. They knew that Jesus was able to keep his word. So the disciples now, they know that can trust God. Because he keeps his word. And you and I today, 
we can trust Jesus Christ because he's able to keep his word. He's able to keep his word. Today, maybe I'm the one that can disappoint you, but Jesus will never disappoint you. You know, my brothers and sisters, today, resurrection is saying that we can change sorrow in joy. And in your heart today, ask Jesus to come. He will be willing to say the same word that he mentioned to the disciples, to the women, and then to the disciples. Do not be afraid. Why you shouldn't be afraid? Because Jesus is real. Jesus is alive. And he's here with us in this place, in his spirit and truth. He's here. Trust him with all your heart. Believe in him. Believe in him. Believe in him. Those women, those men that saw Jesus, they were transformed completely. Their lives changed. They became heralds of the message of the gospel of the resurrection. So what is your expectation of resurrection day today? What do you expect from Christ today? If Christ Jesus was able to walk out of the tomb, how this can be related to your life, to your family, to the people that you care for. How Jesus can come to you with the message of the resurrection. You know, if you believe in him, if you trust in him, if you give your life to him, you can have assurance that the same God that died on the cross and resurrected is the same God that will bring you through all, all, the circumstances over your life, the good one and the worse, the disappointments and the joy, the same God, it will be there. And the psalmist says something very important. Even when I walk in the shadow of death, or the valley of death, you are with me. And it's interesting, somebody recently in our conversation, point out the fact that we walk in the valley of death. We are not staying there. It means that God is the one that will bring through that. Even the moment, even the moment that we are going to die, God will be with us and he will be our savior. He will be our companion. So when the enemy will come to you, and they will say, you are a sinner. You are not worthy of the name of Jesus Christ. Show him that the tomb is empty. Show him that there is forgiveness, that we are saved, not because we deserve it, but because God's grace. When the enemy will come to you and will magnify your disappointments with God, show him that the tomb is empty. Let him know. That Christ Jesus resurrected. When sickness comes in your life, show him that the tomb is empty. Show him that we have a hope beyond this mortal body. Paul, in the same chapter that we started this morning, says that what is immortal one day will be resurrected immortal. What is corruptible will one day resurrect uncorruptible. We will not have any more sickness when we'll be in the presence of God. Why? Because Jesus made the way for us. So this morning, let me conclude this sermon. Jesus' resurrection is a key that helps us to answer some important questions. 
the final application that we have, then this brings something to our, our lives. We have moments where we are prone to ask very important questions. What is the point of life? What happened when I die? Why is there so much in our world? Does God exist? You know, we all need to find answers to those questions. Sometimes we ignore them because we don't know how to answer or even because we are scared to answer those questions. But today, as we celebrate this resurrection, let's remember Jesus' resurrection is a key that helps us to give some answer to the big questions of our life. And today, if you have any questions, you can approach God. In the secret of your heart, find Him. Look at Him. Look at the tomb that is empty. And then Jesus' resurrection implies a radical faith in God's power and His everlasting love for us. Jesus was committed to the end. And He died. He died with the hope that we can be delivered from the pain of sin and having hope to enjoy his everlasting love. Again, I'd like to share with you this quote from Timothy Keller, pastor of Redeemer Presbyterian Church in New York, but also author of many different books. In the book, Kings of Cross, Jesus Christ came to pay the penalty of our sins. That was an infinite sentence, but he must save satisfied it it full. Because on Easter Sunday, he walked out free. The resurrection was God's way of stamping. Paid, paid in full. Paid in full right across history so that nobody could miss it. Nobody could miss it. Today, you can enjoy a salvation. This morning we sang a beautiful hymn from Gloria and Bill Gator. Because he leaves, I can face tomorrow. Because he leaves, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. Another author, Alfred Ackley, he wrote this beautiful hymn. He leaves, he leaves, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. Why do you make Jesus Christ living in your heart this morning? Why you don't ask the risen Christ to come and save you, to come and reassure you of eternal salvation and everlasting love? The empty tomb demands a response from all of us. What is your answer to the resurrection? If you are skeptical of the resurrection, today will be no different from other days. Maybe the difference that you will find some good chocolate eggs or bunnies, a good meal, maybe, a company of a friends, but nothing more will change your life. But if the resurrection is truthful, if Jesus was raised from the dead, this can have a tremendous impact in your life. This can change your life forever. This can determine your final destination, your destiny, eternal destiny. Would you like to stand with me in God's presence this morning?
is Lord of Lords. That's why we need to be appreciative of the grace of God. And the last affirmation that the author is saying here, that is superior to the angels. Now, let me say something here. In this epistle, in these few chapters, 13 times the term or the adjective superior is mentioned. Now, for us, we have a certain idea. Yeah, angels. Why the Bible mentioned the fact that it's superior to the angels? In that context where the people were reading the, the letter, they thought the angels were superior to the priests because they were mediator between God and man. So some of them, they were worshiping angels. They had such a high respect for angels. But the author here says that Jesus is superior to the angels. That was the context of the time that the writer wrote this epistle. Don't you think it's today the same in the new age philosophy? Where they say about angels speaking to them. Angels, that they worship some praise to the angels. We don't have angels to pray. The only person to receive prayers is Jesus Christ. He will send angels to us. But we are not called to worship angels. Angels are not superior to Christ. They are ministering for him towards us. Don't you know that you will receive a reward as the angels cannot have? Angels cannot have the reward that one day we will see and receive. They don't have the joy of redemption that you and I have experienced. They cannot sing the song of the redemption because they never experienced that. So you and I are more blessed than angels. Can you imagine how much superior is the Son of God? And it was clear Jesus is superior to the angels for the name that we received. That's why at the end we will see that the author claims that the son is superior in all things. It brings in these four verses of this chapter the majestic superiority and supremacy of Jesus Christ. And let me conclude with some final application for you and I. What we must do. First of all, we must give attention to what God says. Because God is still speaking. Don't take with superficiality what the message of the Bible is. God speaking to us through His Son. I love what uh, B.F. Westcott, one of the major scholars of the New Testament says, even almost two centuries ago, the revelation in Christ is perfect both in substance and in form. The revelation of God is perfect both in substance and in form. Again, John Calvin comments on this passage. It was not a part of the word that Christ brought, but the last closing word that he mentioned to us. That's why the Bible says to have an ear. To hear what the Spirit says. And then we must recognize that we are rebellious by default. By default, you and I are rebellious to God. By default, we 
tended to resist the Spirit of God. I pray today that you and I, being aware that by default we resist the Spirit of God, we say, Lord, by default we are like this. But today I want to surrender to you. I give up, Lord. I give up. Be my God. Look what Hebrews 3, 12, 15 says. Take care, brothers. That's not my words, but the word of God. Take care, brothers. Lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart. Unbelieving heart. Leading you to fall away from the living God. The unbelieving heart will lead you to fall away from the living God. That's why my prayer for you and I is, Lord, change my heart. Where there is unbelief, bring faith. But then, it's not just to pay attention, but exhort one another every day. As long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Sin will deceive you. Will bring far from God. For we have to come to share in Christ if indeed we hold original confidence firm to the end. As it is said, today, not tomorrow, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as in the rebellion. And my quest to you, do not harden your heart. Do not be deceived by sin. God has a better plan for you. God has a a better way for you to prosper. And that's why the solution is, we must draw near to the throne of grace. There is no condemnation. Condemnation brings shame and guilt. Conviction brings redemption. And hope in Jesus Christ.